Today, we have the spectacular, the gorgeous, the intelligent, Tessa Hope Slo Slovis or Slovis? Slovis. Oh, Slovis. I should have really <laughs> asked before I went o. Slovis. Um, yeah. A little brief little bio. Tessa is an LA-based actor and writer, a new, a new to LA. Um, she's appeared in Breaking Bad Law and Order, The wow. Affair. She's done um, some amazing theater work, including the best I would say, like, one of the, t honestly, top three pieces of theater I've ever seen in my entire life, um, this show called Dryland mm -hmm. at uh, The Echo in Los Angeles. Incredible. Cool. Is that what you just saw? No, this is, I told you, I, oh, I kept yeah. calling it the abortion play. Yes, I remember. Yeah, yeah. I heard all about this, and I'm really sad I missed it. It, it was incredible. Yeah. It, was it was truly yeah. incredible. Cool. Um, she, uh, she's a playwright. Um, she had a one-woman show called The Question of My Virginity. It was a top selection for the 2015 NYC Flying Solo Amazing. Festival. I feel so special. You, you are special. I this is amazing. You're currently read this. I'm like, oh my god. Look at what all you've done in your life, oh, and yeah. I'm skipping over this. Like, I'm skipping stuff <laughs> for time's sake. But you're currently getting your MFA at USC. Yes. You and I oh. met doing Shakespeare this yes. summer. Are you, are you studying film or theater? I'm getting my MFA in acting. Cool. Yes. Very cool. In acting. But we are here to talk about your undergraduate. Career. Your experience going to college with a lot of ladies. A whole lot of ladies. I Tessa went it. to women's college. Yes, I did. Which one? Um, I went to a little liberal arts school in New York City called Barnard College, which yes. is um, the originally was the all women's college of Columbia University. And then when Columbia went co-ed, it became uh, the liberal arts women's college college yeah associated with formerly columbia cool. university very cool i'm so excited to talk to you about all of these things but first our yes. first question we always start with yes just to make yeah. everyone sweat a little bit yeah. <laughs> are you a feminist why or why not oh okay absolutely um you're wearing a a necklace that says nasty. I am. That's amazing. Yeah. And last last <laughs> night, I took my 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 parents are in Morocco traveling, Ooh. and I know it's so fancy, but so they're they're traveling, and I sent my dad because it was twelve thirty a.m. Uh, our time, and it's so it's eight thirty in Morocco, so it's an eight yeah. hour difference. And I sent him a selfie, and I realized that I had sent him a picture of me wearing my nasty necklace with my Hillary Clinton amazing like um, who run the world girls shirt. And then above my bed is a beautiful print um, of the Women's March, a photo cool. that a friend of mine took, which is like just susses out like anyone one night stands. And you, like, yes. See yeah. it. Oh, like, that's smart. Yeah. That is smart. Yeah. 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 But so, yes, I, I would say I'm a, I am a feminist. And Where'd you get that necklace? <laughs> my, one. one of my best <laughs> friends from Barnard. Got it for me. I love Shout it. out to Leah. It's great. Yeah, it's she's so good. Doll. She is a doll. She's man. I love that. I gotta lay my feminism out for whenever I am gonna fuck. <laughs> but seriously, I'm not kidding. I, I cannot tell you. I had a like 
not to TMI, I had like a conversation about a th- couple weeks ago with someone that I was, you know, in, yeah. in bed with. And he saw the Women's March thing. It was the first time this had happened. And he was like, oh. And I was like, yeah. He was like, I'm a moderate. And I was like, that's cool. Like, I don't mind. He was like, let's talk about contraceptives and women's rights to choose. And there we are. Like, I'm not kidding. And we are are nude. And it was was crazy. But yeah. Interesting how he's He's prone nudity and, yes. you know, genital smushing. And then, like, yeah. 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 And then, like, had a lot to say about... About, about your body. Yes. Women's rights wow. to choose. Mm. But, um... Wow. But, yeah. So, I do identify as a feminist. And yeah. I I do that wholeheartedly. And, um, you know, knowing that, to me, feminism means equality. Yeah. So... Very Absolutely. Cool. Awesome. Cool. So do you want to talk a bit about the difference between Columbia and Barnard? Yeah, sure. So it's so so wait, just so that we understand. So uh. so I found it interesting. I did a little bit of research on Barnard. Just a teeny tiny. Great. Just itsy bitsy witsy. Uh, so it was founded in 1889 as a response to Columbia's refusal to allow women in. And I thought that was really interesting. Yes. And cool. They started with like a big middle finger in the air. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then they joined up when when Columbia started to accept women in mm-hmm. as well, right? But but Barnard preserved its female only. Mm-hmm. Yes. Do you do you know why? Yes. Yeah. Well, kind of. I, I they teach you this at Barnard because you learn a lot about the your first year. They teach you a lot about um, the history of of all women's education wow. communities and That's systems. That's so cool. Yeah, That's it amazing. is. It's really cool. And and I think the thing that was interesting about Barnard as you said was that um the seven I I don't I cannot speak for all of the seven sisters but I'm almost positive most of them were founded in protest that's so Um, rad and And the the seven sisters real quick Barnard Bryn Mawr Mount Holyoke Smith College and Wellesley and then Vassar and Radcliffe Vassar became co-ed and Radcliffe was absorbed into Harvard right um so yeah and then and then it was interesting because uh, it Columbia didn't go co-ed till the mid 1980s. Wow. Yeah, and so that's bonkers. I didn't. That I crazy? didn't know that. That's yeah. insane. Uh huh. Wow. Isn't that nuts? Yeah. It's it is wild. I didn't know that either until I went. Dicks. And I literally. <laughs> yeah. And like Harvard was so ahead of the game. It's crazy. Yeah. But so um, the interesting thing was that Columbia gave Barnard the option to be absorbed by the school. Yeah. Uh, like Radcliffe was with Harvard. Um, and Barnard, as an institution, refused. And they said, listen, we will pay you an annual endowment. We will pay you yeah. to be one of the five colleges umbrellaed by Columbia University. So technically, it is a college associated with Columbia University. And right. it is like commonly misunderstood the way that Barnard and Columbia are related. Yeah. And I actually didn't know this. I, I didn't even know it was so connected to Columbia when I applied. I was like, I'm going to women's college. And then I was like, wait a second, all my classes are... Oops, I went to Columbia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was like kind of a happy accident. But it's important because there is a lot of grief um, and has been kind of a, a very like present tension between Columbia students mm-hmm. and Barnard students, particularly Columbia women mm-hmm. and Barnard women. Wow. Um, and Because are you allowed to go take classes and yes. vice versa? It, yes, okay. depending on, so the, the 
the biggest distinguishing factor between the two, um, so that I graduated with a degree from Barnard College and a certificate from Columbia University. Um, in the same way that anyone that went to the Jewish Theological Seminary would or the engineering school would. Yeah. Um, that's, how, that's how it was. A lot of times when we've been having, because our first conversation that we had with each other was about this. Yes. was about this fascinating re- relationship between the two colleges and your experience yeah. at Women's College. And I felt like I identified with it because, so my graduate school, I got a certificate from Harvard, but mm-hmm. I got my degree from the Moscow Art Theater School. And there was also some tension going on there too. Totally. So I can't wait to get into this a little bit more. Because people that go to Ivy Leagues, and understandably so, really, really want to protect that identity because... I think when you get into an Ivy League school, it becomes so much of how you identify yourself. Right, yeah. right. And, you know, there is a, a, a difference, but it's it. I, my issue with it always was that it, it shouldn't be a difference that is looked down upon, but rather a difference that is celebrated. Right. And that was one of my biggest issues um, as a student there, because I didn't know you know, I and and the language that people use, the Barnard girls to bed, Columbia girls to wed. Holy shit. By and yeah. large, Barnard women, my brother loves this one, by and large, Barnard women are by and large. Yeah. Like, Holy that, yeah, shit. Wait, that, let's, that language is used. I want to dissect mm-hmm. this a little bit. Yeah. yeah. So the women's cult, they perceived you to be sluts and they're and, like slut shaming and you? less intelligent so do you oh, guys have do you guys have the shuttle bus that goes on the weekends so that you can bone the dudes well no no because it's in New York City. on campus oh because no, so, they're on campus so okay. barnard is on the west side I didn't of know broadway that. and columbia is on the east side oh wow i didn't yeah, know that so it's and i could i have plenty of male friends who lived in barnard housing right i mean it's the most i would say integrated of all of the, that's also why it's such an interesting school is it it is the most integrated of the the seven sisters that ever remained all women right um yeah that's fat that's interesting yeah because most of my, my anthropology major and my advisors, I'd want, my thesis advisor was Barnard, but but the person that I studied under, John Pemberton, was the head of the anthropology department at Columbia College. Yeah. So it was, it was and then the theater major is only a Barnard major. So there were people that were acting theses that were Columbia College students. So yeah. it's all Bar- intermingled, and yet yes. this perception of the Barnard women being looser yes. and or dumber or lesser or less lesser yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that's crazy wow. and that's like even today do you think that goes on yeah I, yeah and and you're you, really recently graduated right i graduated yeah. in 2013 okay so yeah. four approach yeah four oh my god four years ago yeah yeah so approaching my five-year reunion in in 2018 in spring and um yes it, it was very present while i was a student there yeah um especially i was a uh, I had a very, I kind of had like the many faces of Tessa throughout college. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's a crazy time. Oh, yeah. Time. And you're changing so, at such yeah. a rapid rate. But especially, it, I would say, in the Greek life community. Like, or, I, was, I was in a sorority. Yeah. At Columbia sorority that was only allowed to accept a certain percent of Barnard women and certain, then a certain percent of Columbia women. And it, so what I was, was very mixed. What was the percentage? Do you know? Um, I think it had, I, you know, I, my sorority sisters are going to like, 
murder me. They won't. They're lovely. But like they, no, they're. I, but Barnard I, I, is I a lot smaller than Columbia. Barnard has two thousand women. Uh huh. And then Columbia University, I, I couldn't tell you the undergraduate popu- population. I would say probably like ten. Eight? Significantly so larger. It, it is. Yeah. 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 My class was 500 women. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so small. It was the size of my high school class. Yeah. Did you feel a sense of, d- despite the intermingling, did you feel a sense of community that was uniquely Barnard? Yes. Yeah. And um, I I will say that, like, um, I've I've never been around, you know, in, 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 num- in terms of, of quantity that many you know strong-minded I mean brilliant um you know empowered women with foresight and intuition and and in that and like just that the level of intelligence and the level of like it beyond that too because you know you meet so many brilliant amazing women in this world but like beyond that it's like the level of ambition was something that I've never, I, I mean, I was 18, you yeah. know, so I had never seen that before. And in that condensed of an environment, and it was 500 ambitious, academically, you know, um, I don't, I want to say ambitious again, but like, you know, academically and vocationally ambitious people. Yeah. Fun fact, Barnard is the most competitive of the Sisters. I didn't know that. That's what the internet then, told me. So that's cool. Tessa, your brain Gotta is be so true. big. I, thanks. I yeah. hope so. So big. It costs a lot of money. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, what attracted you to go to a women's college in the first place? Why were you like, "This is for me"? <sighs> it's it's so funny because like people ask me that all the time. It's such a good like date question too. I get that asked like asked a lot on like dates. Um, then, I, then it like leads into a whole story. Um, no, I, I think a couple things. Um, I grew up in a house as the, uh, with, as the youngest of three. So I have two older brothers. Um, so I never had sisters. And I think I had always been searching for uh, female relationships in that way. Yeah. And I'd always felt a little, like, different. Um, and, like, I never fully fit with a lot of the, the girls' that I was growing up with. I had amazing friends, but I always felt like kind of a little bit like too loud and a little <laughs> bit, you know, too scrappy and a little bit too messy. Mm-hmm. Um, so my mom sent me to uh, an all girl summer camp when I was 10 uh, that I ended up going to for five summers, Camp Nyota, Wohilo, to those who know, and <laughs> work health and love. <laughs> and um, I ended up going to an all-girls summer camp that in New Jersey, and it was where, like, parents sent their, like, scrappy, kind of goofy little girls. And we were, like, learning how to catch rattlesnakes if they came and, like, build campfires and you know, do basic first aid and we were jumping in lakes and digging in muck and then we were also, you know, I was in a a room with no electricity in bunk beds with 20 other 10-year-olds and so we were also like talking about shaving our legs and getting our periods and it was like, I hated it my first summer. I was like, what is this? (laughs) But but I, but it was incredible because it was, it was 
the first time I was around a bunch of girls my age that were just interested in being little girls. And we weren't distracted by school or boys or anything like that. And I, and I, you know, praise to my mom for finding that community because it made me so passionate about, um, those finding and searching and seeking those kinds of relationships with other women and yeah. the the search to for sisterhood. Um, I mean, we sang songs that were written in in the you know early twentieth century. This campus just celebrated its hundred year anniversary, mm-hmm. and so like I remember vividly, like we had a song where we would sing. We're Nyota Camper's husky bunch of trampers. Oh my god! Yeah, and we sang it for our parents on visiting day. (laughs) We're just like, and we do like the little arm thing, and it was amazing. Yeah, to be in that environment, and also to have the the word husky as like a positive thing that you're celebrating because it's a very dated song. Yeah, I think I'm just gonna whip that out in my daily life. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) I didn't go there. Husky (laughs) tramper. Yeah, where the it was like where the summer days are also gay. I love it. And like you look. Oh, that's got some double meaning. I know. It was amazing because, like, when you're 10, when you're 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 gonna sing that, yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, and then I and then I started. Um. It's such a long story, but then I started in in high school to really to see the differences between the way little girls and particularly teenage girls were treated versus teenage boys. And I started reading Virginia Woolf mm-hmm. and and the St. Vincent Millay. Yeah. And oh, man, she's my favorite. She's my jam. Yeah. She's my jam. And she, is, she was my prose poetry go-to always. Always. <laughs> she's oh, incredible. and speaking yeah. debate. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I like reading her when I'm, like, a little drunk. Yeah. Honestly, it's she's very, She can be very dark, though. She's very dark. Yeah, yeah. And um, I just started realizing how much I needed that room of one's own you know that space and so that's what kind of led me to at least applying to and being interested in colleges that had traditions of of uh women empowerment women in business and women's education so I didn't exclusively apply to all women's colleges Mm -hmm. yeah but liberal arts schools that had that those tenants um, yeah very cool yeah what were you expecting from a woman's college I think I was expecting a very similar experience to what I had had when I was a, a husky kid. A husky of bunch of trampers. Yeah. yeah. And it, it was not that. And it was so, it was wonderful and awful that it wasn't that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I was expecting like, you know, that level of sisterhood um, all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When I when I applied and, and got in, yeah, yeah, yeah. What what areas surprised you the most? Or this is maybe a leading question, but what were some of the areas in which you were um, maybe disappointed or challenged in a way that was maybe a little bit, sca- you know, like in an ideal mm-hmm. world, we're all in Themyscira and we're all hot, sexy Robin Wrights, and we get along, and no one is fighting with anyone else. And Except practicing for the big fight. Except we're practicing yeah. for the big fight, but it's never coming, and we're not fighting for a seat at the table, and we're not, you know, fighting for a man or something, you know, but, right, but reality is, is reality, and yeah. humans are human. Well, <laughs> there's so there's I don't so want you to be like I don't want to be like shit on your alma, alma mater, but like talk no, about the challenge, no. the challenges of of being surrounded by women being all the time. Sur- yeah. yeah, I I mean, listen, 
I I tell this to any any young woman in my life that I know or that who is introduced to me as someone who's interested in, in applying to a school like Barnard. Um, I've I've never the thing the the thing that I didn't expect that was the most important thing was that I I don't think I could have imagined being in um, as a com- incredibly um, nourishing academic environment. I mean, I was, I remember coming home and turning to my mom over winter break and being like, mom, have you read Tolstoy? Like, <laughs> have you read Turgenev? Mm-hmm. Like, have you read Judith Butler? Uh-huh. You know, <laughs> and all of a sudden this world of literature and art and philosophy and um, sciences were completely opened up to me in a way that I don't know. I I don't know if I could have gotten anywhere else. And being in a in an academic environment in New York City, where we had free admission to museums right. and ten dollar Broadway theater tickets and access to the cloisters, mm-hmm. stuff like that. I mean, that was such an immense privilege, and I cannot tell you like. I can't properly articulate how meaningful that the academic experience was for me. That said, I think I was very surprised um, by, um, as I said earlier, how, how it wasn't, you know, wohilo, how it wasn't holding each other's hands because anytime you get a group of 500 incredibly smart type A competitive women in a small space, <laughs> it is challenging. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of that is because of the pressures that, that the world has has placed on, on us, and, and men too. But I think given, uh, I, just speaking about women and the particular pressures of women, um, what you would start to see, or what I, I noticed was that immediately, um, women separated into groups, into cliques, mm-hmm. and pushing into that wherever, you know, like the, the spot that you found your first couple months was the spot where you stayed, or at least I didn't know that I could I could leave. Yeah. And um, I didn't know that I could kind of ask to be a part of other communities. Um, I think, and that was also being 18, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And part of, you know, when you're away from home, you kind of, it, for the first time for a lot of people, it's scary and you're going yeah. through this huge transition and you're operating based on fear yes. a lot of times. Yes. And there is, because it is a private school, there's um, an immense amount of, of privilege. Um, and what what happened was it did kind of um, separate in that way. There were factions of like incredibly wealthy women, young women, international students, daughters of Sikhs and, you know, uh, diplomats who had, had studied at American schools all over the world. And then there were, like, the native New York women and maybe women of very similar socioeconomic communities. Sure. And then, you know, there was an entire community of, you know, women that were part of the LGBT community, LGBTQ community, which, you know... Um, it was interesting because, like, as someone who is has 
been, I, guys, I just figured out the, the term heteroflexible. Uh-huh. Oh. I just learned it. It's but as, all over the dating apps. It's right all now. over the dating apps. Yeah. But as someone who had, had, had identified as straight but had always kind of been questioning or thinking about that kind of stuff, I never felt like I could jump into those communities either. Yeah. And and it it was just so interesting because all of a sudden that those girl groups, those very um clearly defined and often tenuous girl groups, women groups were now what was happening. Yeah. And and I and I will say that that did shift for me by my senior year when I started getting more involved in in the theater community. Um, when I started making relationships with people that weren't um, just, you know, women in my class and um, that weren't just Barnard women, um, when I started dating, you know, that kind of stuff. But, uh, yeah, and so in that sense, like, that did surprise me um, because there was, you know, there were it, – it felt a lot like high school in that way, especially that first year. Mm-hmm. And also um, – I mean, gosh, I can't speak highly enough about these women. They're incredible. But the focus on male attention was still very present for, mm-hmm. you know, women that were pursuing that and also beauty standards. Mm-hmm. Because here you have 500 women who also are trying to be, you know, the best academic and the world leader and the most beautiful. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're is like there was a joke about like did you have to send a photo in before you applied mm. to Barnard because mm-hmm. these women were just I mean you know devil wears Prada mm-hmm. you know yeah. stilettos in class and so there was a lot of body pressure and I remember Deborah Spar having this this meeting she was the um, former president current president of Barnard um, <laughs> she uh, she said like you know we don't have a, a drug problem on this campus but we do have an eating disorder problem on this campus mm-hmm. I mean and they designed our um, cafeteria to with that in mind really yeah so they structured the first year cafeteria as a preventative like How? I and this is I I don't the way it was structured <laughs> I mean, I don't know because like it was all they, it was very healthy. All uh-huh. the food that was served in the in the Barnard halls, it wasn't like Columbia at all in that way. Like everything was very um, health based. There was you couldn't find like greasy, crappy food there, yeah. which was one. So it yeah. was. Very I thought I died and went to heaven at the cereal bar when I started college. Yeah, and that's where I gained my freshman five so I, to ten or whatever. I, I was lost like, cereal bar. Yeah. and I like lived on cereal. So I lost thirty pounds my first semester. Oh my of god, college. that's insane. Yeah, and 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 it was that. And I mean, listen, like I probably this probably would have happened to me anywhere, but that environment. You I mean. Yeah, it's in an environment where you lose 10 mm-hmm. pounds, you get positively reinforced. You lose exactly. 10 more, you get even more positively exactly. reinforced. And it, yeah. the cycle just kind of continues. Yeah. But so it was definitely, that was um, a big kind of purveying part of going to to Barnard in particular. I have friends from like Smith who are like, that didn't happen at Smith. And I'm like, okay, well, it happened at Barnard. And yeah. it's also New York City. Yeah. It's cosmopolitan. Yeah. People think they're gonna move and be in Sex in the City. You know, they think they're yeah. gonna be Carrie Bradshaw. These that's what the aspirational kind of ideal woman right. is for so many. I'm not speaking for all of them, but for for me at least, that's what it was. And for so many women that I was 
closely associated with. Yeah. yeah. God, what do we what do we do with that? Because I mm-hmm. I feel those types of pressures still. I mean, we're in Los Angeles trying to be in the entertainment industry, so it's you know it's it's what I've all the pressure all the pressure. But like, <laughs> I I just battle with this like wanting to surround myself with the type of women you talk about and the type of women I think we, d- we do surround ourselves with, but also like fi- fighting, fighting this constant feelings of like jealousy yeah. in myself and competitiveness and it both like eating away at my own self-worth, but sometimes like doing weird things to my brain where I'll start thinking things I don't want to be thinking about not liking successful women and it just it's like a it's like a you know what the snake eating its own tail or whatever yeah yeah and there's always a beauty trend to talk about in la always always yeah yeah Yeah. i I do that too what do we do with it and 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 i think the thing is i you know everyone should go to graduate acting school because that's (laughs) where i've worked through most of this honestly with with um uh, in in classes um, at USC and and it's an amazing program in that way because it it, it a lot of it is is um, moving from the self and mm-hmm. and speaking about the self and, and past experiences and then using that as as artists to build into character. But the thing that I um, the thing that I've kind of discovered about that and I don't think it's an an antidote is um, I try to with women that I'm I'm intimidated in that mm-hmm. way I try to like learn one thing about them mm-hmm. that has nothing to do with the things that I'm afraid of or that right. into- and I also ask myself I'm like well yeah like you look like a supermodel and I've always wanted to look like a supermodel so fuck yeah I'm I'm jealous of that and acknowledging that mm-hmm. but but also I, and I I have I've done this where I've started to go up to women that I envy in that way and say Hey, like, and I'm so creepy because I'll do this to people all the time. And be like, tell me a story about like when you were six. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> I'm not kidding because yeah. then it's always like, oh my god, I was so insecure. Or like, or like, you know, or tell me a story about when you were 12. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my gosh, and I grew like boobs before everybody else, and then I started feeling. And oftentimes, there's just something to learn. Sure, you know, and yeah. that I think practicing empathy. I mean, in that way, and asking questions in that way. Oftentimes, a lot, but but again, like I didn't know this when I was eighteen. Yeah, right. you know, yeah. I was like, if you can't beat them, join them. That was right. my philosophy, mm-hmm. and I was like, gonna redefine myself. Uh, so I sunk into this very interesting community of women and a very interesting and uh, specific experience, especially my first two years of school. Yeah. You felt like you were trying to mold yourself into oh my gosh, what yes. you were pressured to be. Yeah, because yeah. I was so nerdy in high school, and and I had amazing, uh, amazing friends. But you know, all my friends were playing field hockey and you know kissing boys and getting invited to parties and were size zeros and and I was five foot nine and one hundred and sixty pounds and <laughs> you know like loved. Barbara Streisand and <laughs> like my friends would come they're so supportive but I I think I'd always wanted to be the girl that was invited to the parties yeah always wanted to be the girl with the seat at the table and in that way even though that wasn't what it really meant mm-hmm. and uh college was an opportunity for me to redefine myself and I took that very much to heart mm-hmm. um and then I met a bunch of women who were like awesome 
yeah. come with us. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, this world, and, and, and I'd never seen wealth like that. Um, all of a sudden, this world of uh, stuff and haves and... Because and, um, you went into a real, quote-unquote, glamorous New York City time for a... For, a minute. for an 18-year-old. Yeah. I'm never letting my child do that. Um, <laughs> I mean, I would love for her to go to Barnard, honestly, but I, I never would let her do what I did. Uh, yeah, I mean, I all of a sudden, I learned that I could be 18 and get into the standard and dance on rooftops and meet financiers and all this stuff that is so like not it's so funny because when I tell people the story now I'm like this is not who I am now yeah you know but um maybe it's it's still a part of me but but all of a sudden I was like and it's so easy to get sucked in because it's like people giving you free shit and men 20 years older than you giving you attention they're they're rewarding the very thing that you've been you've been twisting yourself inside out to become this thing that isn't you that that but you feel like you should be and then you're rewarded for it exactly and um I lost a lot of who I was and I you know the crazy thing is I wasn't acting at the time um because I didn't know when the auditions were my first semester. So I also think that, like, that was part of it. I had lost a little bit of who I was, and I was trying to be this very material idea of what who Tessa is. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, and it kept on getting – it was getting rewarded. And then it wasn't, you know, because then there were always women, and this was the thing, is that there were always women that were skinnier than I was right. and that were prettier, you know, by – society's objective standards Mm -hmm. and that were wealthier and you know fancier and 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 I in my mind and this isn't a product of the school I went to but more being 18 year old Tessa was that I um I saw that as okay well so then if I just do this then then I can have that Mm -hmm. you know so all of a sudden I realized that I it took me a couple years, but I was I was wasting away because I was, it was just one more thing. Like if I just did this one more thing, then I could, you know, actually date that frat boy that just wanted to, you know, sleep with me, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like that girl did, mm-hmm. you know, um, yeah. And it, I was silenced by that, which is so ironic because I was in this academic space of being completely liberated. Yeah, it's such an interesting clash, you know, yeah. being being at a college in which, you know, I, I was thinking about this earlier, how as liberal as your liberal arts school is, there's going to be inherent sexism in all oh of the gosh, textbooks yes. and everything. But if you're at a, whim, a, a women's college whose job it is to place women at the center of every academic conversation, mm-hmm. how in, incredible that must be. It was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It was amazing. So on the flip side, like what was so what was the most empowering part of being surrounded by women for that time period? Um there was so much that was empowering about that. Um <laughs> I mean seriously, I um you're right. Like there was never a class I took at Barnard where women weren't the center of the conversation where we weren't reading I was double majored in theater and anthropology so where we weren't 
you know, every theater class I took, we were reading female playwrights. Mm -hmm. You know, we were doing Carol Churchill. We were reading Sarah Rule. Um, you know, and then we were we were doing you know, uh, Tennessee Williams and all that stuff. You know, and Voychek and all that. You know, all the the, 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 the theater <laughs> stuff and Plato and stuff. But and but the the beautiful thing was that we were we were reading. And even when we were learning about, so so the big difference um, academically between someone that goes to Columbia College and someone that goes to Barnard College is that Columbia has the core, mm -hmm. um, the Columbia core, which is very very old tradition. So I don't, I'm gonna bastardize what what it was, but you know it's the hum, so music hum, humanities lit hum, mm -hmm. uh, those classes. Yeah, um, and the joke is. Um, that it's, you know, learning how to be a cocktail party talk, right, be a right, good right. cocktail party guest. Right, right. Um, and I, I ended up doing this incredible thing at Columbia called the Varsity Show, which is a very famous. Oh, uh, my friend, my friend. I, yeah, I know someone. Who, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who did that? She's Do, older than you. But like by like 10 years or by like three, four years. Because I know all the most of the alums. Jordy Livers? Do you no. know Jordy? Okay. No. But <laughs> hey, hi, Jordy. Jordy. <laughs> but, but it, also, hi, Sarah. I, my friend Sarah went to Smith. Oh, hey, Sarah. If she was in Los Angeles, I was going to have her be here, but she's in New York, and oh. phone and in person is tough yeah. on a podcast. But anyway. The Varsity Show was so, I mean, that was like uh, Rogers and Hammerstein met. Doing it, yeah, and it's wow. a big Tony deal. Kushner yeah. Yeah. and uh, Tom Kitt and uh, half of SNL, like it, it was it's mm, a big, yeah, it's really yeah. cool, yeah. Um, but so that was like the big joke is that you learn how to be a, a, a cocktail party guest, an amazing cocktail party guest. At Barnard, we had the wait for it, <laughs> nine ways of knowing. Wow, nine ways of hey. knowing, knowing what. <laughs> 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 Good question. I think it was the nine ways of knowing, period. Like, that's the all you need to know. of knowing. There are only nine ways. In, and I, I actually don't remember what those nine ways of knowing are. But um, it, was, it was a very humanities-based curriculum. And we, like, we didn't have to really take a math class. Like, I took a stats class, like, my first year there. And, like... We did. We had to take like one science lab, so I took stars, moons, and planets. But I, but it was physics, which which was bad. And that's the joke in my family because I'm terrible at math. And uh -huh. my mom's like, and Tessa thought it was gonna be about stars, the moon, and planets, and it was really <laughs> physics. That's amazing. Um, but uh, in the nine ways of knowing, I think the the most incredible thing that Barnard does is your first year, you are uh, you're only all women's class mm -hmm. is uh, your first year English class. Mm -hmm. So they cut it into the two semesters and one is a, a semester of, of an English class based on a theme that you um, get to choose. And the other is like a composition class where you learn how to write a college level paper. Um, but they have all these, I mean, the, the names of these English classes are just phenomenal they're like legacy of the mediterranean oh. <laughs> yeah Ooh, i'd like to go that to that restaurant project. i know <laughs> yeah but i took love which was my first class of my first year and i love it yeah. I, uh, I love mom love. i'm going to my class to love, love class it was better than magic class my oh senior year my I, God. I went to magic class 
I had a magic class. This is just making me want to be in school. It I was great. It. <laughs> it was amazing. And and the thing about this love class um, was it was twelve. Your and so your your first year your floor. Uh, is organized by what class you're taking. So my floor at Barnard, um, most of them were in my love seminar. So there were 12 girls in the love seminar and then 12 in another one. Mm -hmm. um, so I made some of my best friends. Shout out Leah again. <laughs> what up, Leah? <laughs> Hi, Leah. Um, and she was in this this seminar and she lived across from me. And, uh, and um, the incredible thing about that class was we were reading Plato. And as I said, we were reading Tolstoy. It was taught by this amazing professor who was the head of the Slavic languages department. So it was like all Russian. And it was it was fantastic. But so we were we were also doing sections of the Bible and stuff like that. But we were learning about them through the lens of women. And mm. it was an open forum for us to be able to talk about how these texts make us as women in the 21st century feel that's really so cool. cool and that with no men yeah in the room and and we all had very different opinions about things and it was the first time um I felt that I was on a track toward my own understanding of of feminism and my own worldview about um how I want to be you know a player in this in this game how I mm -hmm. want to be a part of this the change that that we start that is happening yeah um, with women and, and, and yeah oh I'm sorry no no, no but no. and the things that we feel sometimes while reading these even contemporary texts the, mm -hmm. the the feeling of not identifying with the story or 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 feeling mm -hmm. confused or uncomfortable or like I don't know I, that 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 experience is valid and I don't know. Totally. I don't know if that what I'm trying to say makes sense, but but I think a lot of times I know growing up like and he, and even now in, you know, discussing the plays that my boyfriend directs or or even mm -hmm. doing, you know, Shakespeare uh, the depictions of women and the way women are treated, like it doesn't mean it's not a great work, but my my experience of that woman is valid and the way that it makes me feel about myself as a woman is valid and the historical context around it is valid, and it's not something that we can just write off because these things are old. Like, we need Absolutely. to have those conversations. Yeah. And oftentimes, I have been in situations, especially, you know, just in a new city, where I feel I love talking about women, and I love talking about how things relate to other women, mm -hmm. and, I, and I love talking about politics and and social justice and and all these conversations and oftentimes I feel like when I bring up my own sense of womanhood I get the little like casual eye roll like sure the, yeah you know, oh here oh, she goes she again. goes yeah. Woman blabbing mm -hmm. and I never felt that way in that space and I never felt that way once in any class I took at Barnard or Columbia. Yeah. I amazing. never felt that way. That's and amazing. and I think I was I was almost naive post grad when I right. started to be like, Yeah, aren't you excited about women? And then right. like my male friends would be like, Shut up. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And yeah. learn and that was having that space, um, because it, it was amazing. And even at Columbia, you know, any Columbia because cause of course our like professors were like 
hell yeah, let's get into it. Let's, in this magic class, talk about trance dance in Bali and, like, women's <laughs> bodies and, like, you know, like, yeah. let's fucking do it. Yeah. And then I and then I did this thing where every paper was about women, too. Mm-hmm. Great. Everything was about women. Yeah. Or Shakespeare. Amazing. Yeah. That was what, it was like, I associated everything with Shakespeare and everything with women. Because that was where my... Yeah. yeah that's my that's two so incredible. Yeah. Just like from my own experience, I went to a very fancy film school here in Los Angeles where mm. there's not... They don't let in a lot of women. I think it's changing, yeah. but at the time that I went there, there was... There was like, uh, I would say that the screenwriting class as a screenwriting major, I have a master's degree in screenwriting, which is crazy. That's amazing. I would say that like 10 per, 10% of the class was yeah. women. And the and then, you know, 90% of the class was men. There was like, I think six of us, maybe yeah. six or seven of us. And I didn't even start writing narrative screenplays with female driven <laughs> characters until six or seven years after I graduated film school. Oh of course. Gosh. I had no female teachers. And my classes were mainly men. And every screenplay I wrote when I was in graduate school was a male lead. Every single one I wrote. Holy crap. I didn't know that, Lindsay. uh, Yeah, it's it's crazy. And I've also since taught um, screenwriting classes just for women. And women come in and they're just like, this feels so different than anything I've ever experienced. Like, it's so crazy how your learning environment shifts to legitimately a safe space. You're, mm-hmm. And to be like, I'm gonna, I'm probably going to tell a different story or experiment with a different story just because I'm surrounded by women and I haven't had that experience before. Totally. It's insane. Totally. It's insane. And it's so funny because my, my mom went to, to NYU Tisch for film school. Yeah. And she was one of two women. Yeah. In her class. She's a screenwriter. And yeah. she, she's so... She always loved Nora Ephron. Love her. I Love mean, how Nora, can you not? Yeah, how can you not? Yeah. But I always was like, oh, you've got male. Like, so, you know, like <laughs> as a kid, I was like, oh my God, this is so, like, how can you, how can this be your favorite writer? I love Nora Ephron now. Because there's not very many to because, choose from. Be, and also because, <laughs> because you know, now not watching. Not that she's not a genius. No, but now but. watching You've Got Male, I'm like, this woman oh, is a genius. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she's a genius, and she's writing about very female experiences. Yeah. Yeah. So, of course, like, you know, a young woman in Alphabet City in the 1980s going to Tish is like... Gonna love Nora Ephron. I love Nora Ephron. Yeah, of course. And it's crazy. Like, And it's, st- it's, it's insane to me that it's still... Um, I, just, I just, like, reunited with my mentor from there, who's, like, an amazing man. Like, I did get to work with, like, amazing men. My teachers there were amazing, and they taught me how to write screenplays, like, 100%. Totally. But um, I just asked him, because there was, like, a new faculty position open. I was like, are there any women teachers? He's like, there's one. There's one. It's just, um, it's, crazy. it's crazy. It's time for things to change. Yeah. It's just, totally like, is. It's, we're still just tearing down. I just can't believe the walls we still have to tear down. It's like, it's a lot. <laughs> Lindsay, I, I mean, obviously, the, the answer is in my head before the question poses itself. But last week, we were talking about our frustration with working harder, not smarter. And I'm like, of course we have to fucking work harder, not smarter. It, it takes men so much less work because we're tearing down these fucking walls. Yeah. If we weren't yeah. having to work mm-hmm. against so much bullshit and sexism and institutionalized crap yeah we'd have more energy and that's not that's not a new thought this is like got me angry when i thought about it this is really real but i 
have had much more success in my career overall selling my screenplays with male with male leads. Yeah. Because only in my recent life have I mainly focused on female-driven screenplays. And it was much easier when I was writing. I was having an easier time. Even after, like, I worked with my ex-boyfriend for a while, but the first thing I sold without him there were male there were male leads. There were female leads too, but the male parts were bigger. The first thing I sold without him, the male parts were the biggest parts of the movie. And like legitimately, since I have changed my my narrative drive of like what gets me up in the morning and why I still want to write screenplays is because I want to put voices on screen that I haven't seen or heard. Like I wanna represent myself on screen. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and it's been Harder. It's been harder. And I feel like, and I, <laughs> sorry, real quick. And yeah, no, no. you're working with a female partner instead yeah, of a I'm male Yeah, I'm only partner. working with women. Yeah. yeah. I have several female writing partners who are all amazing, but it is a, a harder uphill yeah. battle. Okay. 100%. Oh, no, I was just yeah. going to say it. And I feel like, because, you know, I I grew up, my parents are, are in the film business, and I grew up, you know, very fortunate, you know, to, to be able to see that and to be able to watch people make movies. But, you know, I'll have these conversations with my dad and he'll say, yeah, like, you know, we're, we talk about a lot, like there's so many conversations in a producing office or directing. It's like, you know, we, we need female directors. We need female screenplay writers. And I'm like, I know so many. Yeah, and it's like we're, but we're, we're literally everywhere. <laughs> but the thing is, is then if you think about it, what they're talking about is they're, they need those women from that very small pool of the women that have been pre-approved right. yes. by the industry, sure. right? Because it's, it's not like, that they don't exist, yeah. but that those women, there's like six of them. Right. right. And, that and are, the rest are, cl we're clawing our way into this tiny little, tiny little hole that they only let a couple of ladies through because you let too many through and who knows? Yeah. 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 And it's, it and it still feels that way. It's crazy. And it's crazy to me yeah. because I, I do feel like that climb. And then I sit there and like, you know, I totally agree with him. But then I'm like, I could, I could tell you like 15 amazing, you know, recent USC MFA directors mm -hmm. that are fantastic, but obviously they're not at that that level yet. But then I'm also like, you know, you hear these narratives of these young men like just giving a shot. Yeah, you know, well, I'll just give that kid a shot. I believe but it was today, today, <laughs> whatever today is, August 2017, almost end of August. The director of the Venice Film Festival today said, um, "It's not our fault that there aren't more women here." Like, he's like, it's not our issue. Well, he can go for <laughs> himself. He's like, that's not our problem, basically. Yeah. And it's like, well, you... It is everybody's problem. You have to let more women in for more women to be there. Yeah. Because I know they're submitting. They're yeah. submitting themselves. <laughs> oh, it makes me angry. Oh, yeah. It makes me yeah. so mad. But anyway, uh, we wanted to play a fun game and like uh, break down some major stereotypes of a going to an all women's college. Circling okay. back to your experience, cool. <laughs> we hijacked this with our experience for a no, second. I, know. I love, Sorry. I Thank know you one. I love space it. to rage. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, first question: Are there a lot of lesbians at all female school? Uh, some of these are going to be ridiculous. We're yeah. going to ask you. Dispel. We're going to ask you some stereotypes. Yeah, we're going to ask you the that stereotypes. Is a that is a stereotype. Uh, you know, I would say that there probably are the same amount of lesbian women as there are probably in any institution, any any private college. But 
they're in an environment where, you know, women in the LGBTQ community are in an environment that is incredibly open, you know, when, and so there is a very, um, there's a, there's, it is incredibly, uh, you know, easy, not easy. I can't say easy because I don't know, but it, it is, it is, um, I've never, at Barnard, I never felt like there was any sense of like non-acceptance. Yeah, it probably and feels a safer space it's than a to- maybe exactly. a tra- more traditional. And you're so seeing it more. Exactly. It and you see it more there. Totally. And I, you do see and it. Exactly. Yeah. And you do see it more because you're in all women's housing your first year. I moved and so I actually lived with women all four years. But so like it is, it is definitely present and women are more vocal about their sexuality. Yeah. And I like... I had the freedom to be more vocal, even though I never felt like I could kind of implant myself in those communities. Uh, there was definitely some experimenting that went on yeah, um, in these women's dorms. And I would say that is 100% an amazing thing. Mm-hmm. And that I think if, if, Anyone applying to college that's listening right now has the opportunity to, to live in all-female housing. It teaches you a lot. And and there's some of my fondest memories are sitting on, you know, floor a floor of a friend down the hall, mainly Leah. And, <laughs> Leah! Leah! And, and drinking champagne and talking about sex and, like, other women coming in and, like, us, like, actually having an open dialogue. And sometimes, like physicalizing that Mm -hmm. and that being a really incredible thing um so i would say no there aren't more lesbians but it is definitely a safer as you said a safer space yeah i i from what i've seen i can't speak you know for by the way we full disclosure we know some of these questions are ridiculous yeah Yeah. just why we are asking i just had this crazy thought that's not a crazy thought but i mean and this doesn't really hold necessarily for your experience because you were in the middle of a city but like a school like smith what would it be like to go to a college where you don't have a one out of four chance of being raped oh you are probably more sex positive can you imagine not having that fear yes and and i will say that like i know many amazing women from smith and that they're they're definitely I've heard similar stories of like experimentation with other women and totally like that's amazing. Like what yeah. must that be like? Yeah. Yeah. I went to University of Florida where they legit they give you a safety whistle, but everybody calls it the rape whistle. You get it when you arrive on campus. That is the first thing they it's give you. So interesting. It is that which is in in, res, in retrospect, that is insanity to me. Well, until And they're like carry this around campus when it gets dark at night. See, yeah, and that's crazy. <laughs> because cuz yeah. Ted Bundy fucking murdered a lot of ladies in Gainesville and oh there's my God. and they're still like, "Hey ladies, when you're alone on campus late at night cuz that campus is also huge. It's mm-hmm. 50 50,000, I think 60,000 people go there now. It's enormous. It's its own city. So you are legitimately, if you have a class in wintertime where it gets darker earlier, your class ends at 6, and you, your dorm might be three miles away. And it is legit scary when you are walking yeah. by yourself on that campus. Yeah. And you and you and and there's this, like, bizarre folklore of, of literally Ted Bundy. Like, yeah. he was huh. there. And so they're like, here, ladies, here, ladies. That's what you get right, when you arrive. So. 
That's what you get when you arrive on campus. See, yeah, we... Welcome to college, bitches. It's so interesting because at Columbia, until I don't know if you know of Emma Sokowitz and the, the... the young woman who carried her mattress. mattress. Girl. Oh, yes, yes we oh, do. We do. Yeah, so yeah. she graduated a year year after me. Amazing. And we didn't we had mutual friends. We didn't know each other at all, really, but but I knew several of the women that that were kind of part of that community and and I props to them. Fucking awesome. Badass. But until that happened, that was the first time in my time there or within like the couple years of graduating there that it wasn't at Columbia. No, it's Columbia. Like, we don't do that here, mm-hmm, you know? Because right. at an institution like Columbia and a, at a space like Barnard, you know, it's like, no, 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 no. Like, we, we, we're we incredibly well-educated and we're incredibly privileged. And the funny thing, or not funny, the irony is that, 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 that when you talk about that rape whistle and being scared of walking down the street, every... Uh, instance of assault that I have heard of amongst women that I know from Barnard and, and Columbia, including myself, mm-hmm. have happened in a dorm room. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, not on the walk home. Right, right. And have right. happened at a frat party or at a theater party or yeah, at yeah. a, you know, whatever. Totally. And that's most, and, the most common. But yeah. I, I would say, I mean, I um, am older than everybody in this room, so I have not been in college for a long time. But I so I don't know if it's still the same if they still hand that to you. But I would say there was a level of the responsibility is on you. Exactly. It's on you. Be Have your fucking wits about you because you're fucking in college And now. if you don't, yeah. it's like, it's almost like they give you this talisman and it's like, yeah. well, if you don't use it, then like, what can we do? Right, right. exactly. You know? And yeah. That's, uh, it's, it's crazy. I mean, I'm hoping that things have evolved, but um, I did a lot of improv in college, so I'm like on this uh, Facebook group of mm-hmm. everybody who ever did improv at the college that I went to is like on this board, which is crazy, including st- who students who are still there. Like we're a very tight-knit improv community. Um, so I have like some semblance of an idea of what it is like to go to UF now, and I don't think it's that different. I think it's pretty much the same. And I think that like <laughs> there's this funny thing of like, I listen, I think it's amazing that there's so much exposure with conversations about campus assault yeah. and 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 uh, in for both genders and and totally in all communities of students yeah but i and I, the idea of consent like at least like i think that's a conversation that i don't think was happening a long time ago right it's like but you, you it's like both are more. you both are supposed to be like yes but the thing <laughs> that i think is the, the here's and this is the thing that happens with the term feminism right the second it becomes this conversation right it instantly also can become a universal joke in some ways you know where like you know feminism oh my god how many times have I heard people make fun of the word feminism or like you're a man hater like because it becomes a part of the the public community right right it automatically gives it a a level of vulnerability to be melded and you know, satirized and stuff like sure. that. And so what I've started to see with, with Campus Assault is um, amazing hordes of people taking it incredibly seriously, but also, again, like those eye-rolling 
guys, you know. Can, uh, I, can I hold your hand? Yeah. Uh, Roll eyes. Do you consent? Can, I, can mm-hmm. I honk your boobies? Oh my God. Like, I like, or like laughing at me when I ask for, when I say, like, actually, you can't, I, I do that now. Yeah. If I'm like hooking up with somebody, like, because I'm single. So, like, <laughs> if I'm like at a bar or like whatever, and, and I'm, and I, or on a date or whatever, and someone touches me in a way that I don't like, I'm like, actually, I didn't ask you to do that. And then I've had several yeah, men yeah. be like, do I need your consent? Like, for real? Like, yes. And I'm like, fuck yeah, you need my bleep 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 consent like yeah. yeah you you do it's my body excuse me yeah yeah so i've noticed i and maybe i'm i'm hypersensitive to it but i've definitely noticed that there there is as it becomes more of a conversation it also makes room for it to be satirized in certain ways, which mm-hmm. I don't know how you how you deal with it. Well, it's just like it, the onus has been on women for so long to check men's behavior, and now we're asking them to please will you check yourself, and they're like, oh, are you serious? It's so much work. I know. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard when you have a dick. And the fact that yeah. that's silly, like that, <laughs> yeah. that is Why, silly to you that yeah. I'm like that, that telling you no, you can't touch my care about my safety and my integrity. Yeah. And that there's that I'm operating within a historical context and with a societal structure in which I am likely to have violence committed against. It's just, it's just it's, it's insane. Yeah, it is. Well, back to some real fun stereotypes. I know we questions. keep going off in these like <laughs> we go on no, very in, intense tangents, yeah. and now we're going to be like, how many people have body hair? Yeah. Angela and I would goal. do this during our five minute breaks. <laughs> I know, like when we were true. doing Shakespeare, we would be like, what? <laughs> bodies, <laughs> and, and then yeah. we'd be like, oh, shit, okay, I love gone. it. I love it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so legit. Do ladies not shave their body hair uh, more so at, at colleges? all women's colleges? That is, no. <laughs> that, I mean, no. No, not at all. Uh, yeah. I would say I no. No. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. Um, I've noticed lately, and especially because I just saw a casting notice for a BuzzFeed video about this, that lately in Los Angeles, more women are growing their armpit hair, yeah. Yeah. which I think is rad. I think it's cool. And I just it's always like, yeah. at first, like my impulse is to be like, oh God. Me too. You know, and, and I'm I like, feel really I, I feel terrible for having that, that, but that's what I'm conditioned to think is I'm like, I'm like almost going that direction because I grow hair real fast. But now, but real lately fast. I've been challenging myself <laughs> to be like, no, that's sex. Like, isn't that interesting? Like to add. Why, I love it when it, people <sighs> dye it. I'm like it's, jealous of that. Cool. I like want to grow my armpit hair and then dye it. Do it. Will you do it? <laughs> Maybe. Okay. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, yeah, well, all that, about that's, it. A, that's another, but it should be question. a sign of, but it should be sexy because having the ability to grow body hair is a sign of fertility. Totally. Yeah. You know, we get our hair when we can have babies and that's, and there's more pheromones and, you oh, know, thank God I'm still fertile. I'm growing armpit hair yeah, like crazy. Girl, you're fertile. <laughs> they should I'm have the had prime Daenery, of my fertility Daenery life. should see if she can grow her armpit hair. Yeah. Honey, you can get pregnant. You know, the weird thing is that I I, I always worry about my armpit hair because I'm in grad school. And my leg, and that's so crazy because we're rolling around on each other all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I'm always like, I, and it's, it's weird that I'm socialized to feel this way because I'm always like, like, you know, like my people are like licking each other in, in our yeah. movement classes. And you, you, yeah. Angela, know. you know, there's a lot oh, of yeah. licking. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Lot of and stuff like, happens. To- I've gotten like my toe sucked. Like, weird shit happens. And, and well, so that, I'm always, that's like, a different kind of class. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I won't say it was. But no, but I um but yeah, I I I always feel like actually because I'm I'm in that environment where I'm so close to so many bodies that I have to be very vigilant about grooming, which is silly. Mm-hmm. Cause I, I mean, it's respectful to like put on deodorant. I'm pro totally. deodorant, I, but yeah, I'm pro deodorant. I'm yeah. pro deodorant as well. But like, <laughs> why can't I grow up my like you can. body hair? I can, yeah. right? But I have this, and you're right. What you said, like I, I, I'm, I love that women are feeling this level of freedom. But my first instinct is like, oh, oh, yeah. You know, I'm a little shocked by it. Yeah. Which I'm I, so I shocked hate. by it too. It's very bizarre. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. I, I love it. I, I More power to you. That's yeah. fucking awesome. Are right, you ready for the next yes. question? Do ladies cycle sync up? Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. I 100% cool. believe that's that real. That feels really powerful to me. Yeah. Me too. We're all with we're the all moon. menstruating and doing uh, midterms. We're bleeding. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Um, was it harder or easier to date? Oh. Well. Um... It was harder, I actually, I would say. It was, I, even though I was in a sorority, yeah, it was, it was harder. Um, what is the overall ratio well, when you add Barnard and Columbia together? So many more women. So many more women. That's what I thought. Yeah, yeah. I went to yeah. Performing Arts High School, and okay. our ratio was six women to every one man. Whoa, yeah. buffet. Yeah. I would say that it was probably two to, two to That's one. That's a real right? clam bake. Yeah. It was a I major mean. clam bake, and ladies would freak out around prom. Like, yeah. bitch would fight you for a man. And you had to, like, recruit the men from the other schools, and everybody was, like, Jesus. so fucking stressed out because it was our only dance because we didn't have sports so we had like no homecoming no nothing because we we're arts kids like we didn't yeah. fucking play sports so like prom would roll around and ladies would lose their minds yeah it was yeah <laughs> and but the, and also there was a thing of like men who didn't date barnard women yeah that's what you're and, saying why yeah. and men who only dated barnard women yeah so my college boyfriend only dated i mean i don't think it was like he was like i'm only gonna date barnard women but he did um only the the girlfriends that he had in college were, were only went Barnard female Barnard students. All right, cool. Here's uh, maybe a sexist question: uh, Were professors trying to sleep with students? Um, and or vice versa? I learned. I was always someone that learned about this kind of stuff late. And you had men professors too. Male I did. Okay. I did. Yeah. And absolutely yes, yes. Yeah. I, yeah. I yeah. But that happens. Everywhere. Ev- that happens everywhere. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Absolutely. I had a really good friend in college who was madly in love with her professor. Yeah. Slash they were dating. Almost yeah. Got, almost got married. What's the, like, like what's the biggest stereotype you encounter when you tell people you went to w- women's college? Like, uh, what's the, like the, l- the lug. The, the lesbian lug. That's what I was going to ask if that's a thing. That's what my friend from Smith was saying. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely, there's See, definitely I wanted to put that yeah, we sling in our that. script. Yeah, we yeah. got a lug. Yeah. yeah. I, it's definitely... You know, I, I, it does happen. Yeah. For sure. Less at Barnard because, you know, it, 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 it's around. New York City. Because I could, like, you know, I, I could be on, like, Coffee Meets Bagel. You know, right. like, it wasn't in, and I, online dating was starting to become very normalized mm-hmm. when I was in college. So it was pretty, um, like, I, I, I think, yeah, that, that's it. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's a thing though, for I, sure. I can't believe we have to almost wrap this I up. Know. So we have this to. Okay. This has been so fun. So we uh, sadly have to skip a few questions, but oh. let's just skip to if you could do it all over again. Yeah. Would you go to women's college? All women's college. Yes, and I wouldn't have said that like four years ago, like right when I graduated. But 
Absolutely. Um, yeah, 100%. And why? Like, how did it add, enrich your life and strengthen you as a person? Um, because I see, especially women in politics that have gone to all female institutions and there's kind of like this, like Hillary, you know, mm -hmm. or, or these amazing women or like, you know, there's this bond. It's Lauren Graham, not in politics, yeah. but went to Barnard or Cynthia Nixon and all of these women that have come out of these institutions. I'm like, you probably went through the same kind of shit I did. Yeah. Right? The very You're in specific a cool experience. mafia. And it, the, is cool. it is a cool yeah. mafia. Yeah. It is a really cool community. And, and the second you meet a woman that went to Barnard, like I've met older women just wearing like a sweatshirt or something and like they'll come up to you and go, you went to Barnard, so did I. And, and, and it is just this bond. Um, and it's not a bond about, it's not about sports or athletics. It's not about, um, you know, did you sit on the steps and do that? It's about like, we have this deep, deep rooted connection as women passionate about other women. Yeah. And that's really cool. Awesome. That it's is really, really cool. Really cool. So for yeah. all the drama, I would, Definitely say I would 100% do it again. I would just probably not go to the standard <laughs> anymore. But you know what? You still can't you in LA. You're going to be 18 somewhere. Yeah. You know? yeah totally. Yeah. And totally. never drink dar dark and stormies. That was what I learned very quickly. Yeah. Dark and stormies are gross. Yeah. They are. Wise words. Yeah. yeah. From a wise woman. This has been so fun. Do you have oh. anything to pimp that you're going to be in that we can see you in or oh. watch you in anytime oh, soon? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Oh my gosh. Um, so I, what am I doing? I, it's, it's my second year at, at USC and I got to give like a full shout out to, uh, the amazing season that the MFA actors are doing. So my, my second year class is doing two female playwrights. So of Ooh, course whoa. I sobbed when I found this out. So we're doing Annie Baker, Circle Mirror Transformation and Sarah Rule, Eurydice. And that's coming up, I believe November 16th. And I'm doing whoa. a Circle Mirror and we're, st I'm stoked. How does the general public see plays at USC? They just like go you to the website? You can buy tickets. Or? Yes. Okay. I, you know, I don't, you just go on the USC website. No, but if you <laughs> we'll just put Google, a link to it in the show notes. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. if you Google USC School of Dramatic Arts, um, you can find information uh, about the shows and that they're cool. totally open to the public. They are doing an amazing season and inc an incredible, they're incredible season. I know they're doing an octoroon with the undergrads. And then um, the MFA third years are doing their three show rep. So they get to do three plays in rep with each other and they just announced them. So I think I can say it. They're doing um, A Bright Room Called Day by Tony Kushner, yeah. Matchmaker, and then a devised piece. Cool. So, and they're amazing. Cool. And I just have to give them a shout out too because that's like, they're like super professional. Amazing. But so yeah. if you're in Los Angeles, um, come to the USC Yes. Program and yes. Some theater. Yes. Some theater. So Go see some cool. amazing theater. Incredible yeah. 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 actors. And I probably, I like, I'm gonna like make a very broad presumption. Uh, it's probably some of the best theater in LA. I our, would imagine our, our theater so. scene is like a little weird it's here. Good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is. It is definitely great theater. Yeah. yeah. And and definitely great theater. No, it's um it's really good and and the thing that's amazing about these shows is that it's all actors in process. It's all actors in in the thick of their training. So Very cool. it's raw and it's fun and and you get to see a lot of fresh 
faces of amazing awesome. talent. So very cool. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for listening, Clams. Thank you. Thank for Thank you for being, being here. here. Yeah. Hi. Yeah. And we're we're kind of going to be every Monday this week. We've got some minisodes coming at you. Every Monday, yeah, we're doing this. Something. I know we said we were going to go to every other week, but Lindsay and I just we're can't just, resist. We, we just can't, can't resist away. putting our voices in the world. So <laughs> right now, we're going to try. We're going to keep, you know, feeling it out, changing yeah. up. The clam bake can change. So we're going to start doing this format where every other week we do a full hour long interview style episode, and then in, in between, between we got some fun games. We, we got, got some, some product fun, reviews. Fun things. Stay so, stay tuned, clams. Yeah. Thanks for as always for listening. Uh, find us at on Twitter at uh, at. Clam Clambake Pod, Instagram at Welcome to the Clambake, Facebook at Welcome to the Clambake. If you like this podcast, please rate, review, spread the word. Tell yes, your friends. Please write us a review on iTunes and we'll read it on the show. We're not the best at checking email, but send us a message if you want us to review something and or you just want to tell us what yeah, we're doing right, what, what we're doing wrong. To review. I'm gonna yeah. write a review. <gasps> thank please. you. I don't think I've so one much. Yet. Yeah, and I'm a big please fan. Do. Oh, thank you. Oh, we're a big fan of you. Uh catch you next time, clams when the tide rolls in. Nice. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the clam bake It's the opposite of a sausage fest Just a couple of vaginas talking What's a creative podcast network?